What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week. Commuting our kids to and from school, finding time to spend with our family, trying to figure out all of our work obligations. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast. We want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. My name is Sawyer Trapp, and I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and we're so glad that you listen to the podcast every single week. If you haven't already, make sure to click that subscribe button so you're notified every time we put out a podcast and share it with someone. Uh, we want this not only help bring uh, help you bring God into your 10,000, but to also help other people. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad that you are joining us today. Um, I just love connecting with you guys through this and love hearing from you. And that's what we're going to start out with. We got a good question mm-hmm. this last week, and we wanted to cover it before we dive into our topic du jour. And <laughs> always, if you have questions about anything, about faith, life, the message, Bible, whatever, send anything, it to yeah. us, mwolf at arisedenver.com or strap with two Ps at arisedenver.com. We'd love to hear from you. And this question, if I can just go ahead and read it to you guys, um, comes from a woman and she says that she has a family member who told her the other day that she is not a Christian. So I'm, I'm reading between the lines here, assuming that she was a Christian, okay, possibly maybe been a Christian, but that she is not a Christian. And she asks, is this blasphemy to the Holy Spirit? And she says she has been in and out of churches her whole life. And just recently decided that she's not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And the second question with it, so the first one is, is this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? The second one is, um, does God turn her back on her? Mm. And then the third question is, basically, what, what do I do about it? Yeah. Okay, so those three questions. What do you think, Sawyer? Well, yeah, first, a very important question, right? I'm sure she's not the only person who's gone through a situation like this. I've had somebody in my own life who has come and shared that they, they were at least loosely Christian before and that they aren't anymore. Um, The first thing that jumps to my mind, kind of go in the order of the questions about blaspheming on the Holy Spirit. Actually, before we dive into that, like we've done a whole podcast just answering that question. Um, It was from November of 2020. I'll make sure to link it down in the show notes. But basically when we go through that podcast on that discussion about that question is that blaspheming against the Holy Spirit is declaring that you don't believe in God, but you always have that opportunity to, as long as you're still alive, <laughs> to declare that. So blaspheming against the Holy Spirit would be going to the end of your life. Yes. It's it's perpetual. Yeah, it's perpetual. I think that's pretty clear. Just that's a good way to quick, put it. And you should go yeah. listen to that whole podcast because we, we dive into it. But it, in like Hebrews 10, 26, it says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have mm, received mm-hmm. the knowledge of the truth. So there's deliberately, so it's active, purposeful, and that it keeps yeah. on. It's a, mm-hmm. That's a present tense verb in the Greek, meaning it goes on and on and on and on. So if you are in that boat, so it has to be continual denial. Yep. And, and you know one thing that, that it's good about this, because the, so that's the first question. This yeah. isn't, it could be, it could become be. blasphemy of the right. Holy Spirit, but right now we don't know, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. We yep. don't ever need to declare that we ourselves have done that or someone else has done that. Yeah. Um, it's just not our place to judge people. Correct. But the second question was, does this mean, you know, she's out? Like, is, well, yeah, did that that mean that God has turned his back on her? Okay. I was reminded of this and it was so encouraging. I loved this. It was in a message that I listened to on my run on Mm -hmm. just yesterday. And one of the great, greatest assurances about us, even if we, deny our faith, deny Jesus, and backslide. Mm-hmm. Jesus still loves us and comes after us. So yeah. this is great because there is a whole uh, concept that maybe uh, you know, you're know you not familiar with. Just call, you know, A lot of people call it backsliding. Mm-hmm. 
backsliding. Okay, the Christian faith leaves room for sinning. Like, it's your sanctification. You're growing to be more like Jesus. You're growing more to like holy. It's not up and to the right all the time. Okay. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> we, all, we all have moments, yeah, where... I mean, yeah. sometimes we're even worse than we were before. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like from our actions, people sometimes become Christians and then fall away or, you know, fade out. And sometimes they're like, oh my gosh, now I know better. This is even worse. And you feel that way. Or you commit the worst crime or sin of your life after your Christian should know better. Yeah. But here's the great news. that There was this guy named Peter. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was one of the 12 disciples. <laughs> And literally, he denied Jesus three times, not just once, but three times when yeah. Jesus was in his, in his moment of need. Yeah. And do you know what Jesus said to Peter? I do, yeah. I thought, I thought that was rhetorical. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when he came back, when he rose from the dead, he took Peter aside in front of everyone. Everyone yeah. was there having breakfast together and pulls Peter aside. And he said, Peter, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, three times yep. he asked him. So it's like... Equal parts restoration to the damage and the falling away that you have done. In fact, I gave a whole Easter message mm-hmm. from this perspective of Peter. I gave a message as a first person, or yeah, first person message as I Peter being restored. You can go back. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. That was yep. from like 2018, I want to say. Okay, cool. We'll make sure to find it, put it down there for you. But man, isn't the story of Peter to go from one of the leading disciples to completely denying Jesus three times to be completely restored to the point where he was a leader in the church, wrote two books of the Bible, and we know him as the rock. Yeah. You know? And that's a really great segue because in, yeah. in one of the books of Peter, in 2 Peter 3, 9, mm-hmm. it, there's actually a great verse that talks about this. Mm. Um, 2 Peter 3, 9, the NIV says, the Lord is slow in keeping his promise as, sl- as some, or excuse me, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so even though this individual has expressed that they're maybe no longer a Christian or never a Christian, God still is working on them. God is still active, wanting everyone to come to repentance. And that includes this individual that this person is talking about, and it includes the people in your life as well. That's right. So then what do we do about it, Sawyer? Yes. And so if God hasn't turned his back on this person, that means we shouldn't either. Correct. That we need to be active and loving and caring for this person, going out of our way, maybe even to show them um, the good parts of our faith, acting out in love and caring for them, answering any questions that they might have and continuing to work in trying to restore um, as much as as much as we can in our power. Obviously, the Holy Spirit is, is doing a lot of work in that too, but continue to inviting them to things at church. Um, continue being in their life. Be that great representation of Jesus for them. Yeah, and I had a, a friend talk to me a few weeks ago about this too. Mm-hmm. Like he, had, This friend he had had for a couple decades, he had talked with him about faith, invited him to church, yeah. finally was just like, I'm going to sit down and tell him the gospel to just make sure he knows it. And he did, and the guy was flat out rejected and was an atheist. Mm-hmm. He's like, should I be done with him? Should I wipe the dust off my feet with this guy. And what I would say is maybe if you have clearly presented the gospel with them, you don't need to feel that burden that I need to do that. Anymore. Right. Every time that you're with them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, you should keep up the relationship. Absolutely. Love because here's the reality is that when people often come back to faith is when they're at their lowest point, mm-hmm. when they're the prodigal eating the slop with the pigs, right? Yeah. They're longing to eat the slop. Like, I wish I could eat the, the same thing that these pigs are eating. Mm-hmm. It, it gets to the lowest point. So wait and keep the relationship up so yeah. that uh, I heard this the other day that we should be other people's on their top five 
phone call. Mm-hmm. That they would you, they would be one of the five people that they would call if they're in an emergency or yeah. in a difficult position. So if you are still in that position with that person in your life, then they'll call you. They'll know who to turn. Mm-hmm. You you can even say that whenever you're ready, I'm I'm here for you. Yeah. I know that God will pull you back to Himself. I'm I'm praying for it. So yeah. whenever you're ready, anything happens in your life. I'm here to love you and support you and encourage you. Yeah. Um, and, and, and one of the reasons why is in the end of James chapter 5, it says in verse 19, uh, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth mm-hmm. and someone should bring that person back, remember this, verse 20, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Mm. That's the ending of that entire yeah. gospel is like, this is a great thing to do Absolutely. to bring back those who were in the truth and have wandered away. Mm-hmm. So don't give up on anyone. Absolutely. So we want to encourage this person who sent this question in to, to keep loving, to keep being in this person's life and not give up on this person as we would encourage you as well. Right. Okay, so let's turn to the topic that I wanted to cover. I mentioned in my message Sunday, this was something I wanted to focus on a little bit more and, and couldn't. Yeah. And it's the very end of Luke chapter 18, the section we covered in the message, which was called the price of admission, mm-hmm. verses 18 to 30. So at the very end of that section, in verse 28, after Jesus has said it's you know easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into heaven, mm-hmm. which is, in other words, impossible. <laughs> But Peter said, well, we've left all to follow you. In verse 29, Jesus responds, Truly I tell you, no one has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Well, I I think so many many times we have the tendency to, um, like, over um, over Christianize or over spiritualize the things that Jesus mm-hmm. says. Yeah, and I think Jesus is saying that if you take the necessary steps that we need to take as followers of Jesus to hold on to our life, even the people that we love and care about, with open hands, that yeah. there's going to be a reward for that. that sure, we are going to experience God's goodness and many other things in this life and the next. Right. And I know people that when they became believers in Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. they were cut off from their family, disowned, cut out of the will. Like I know someone who was in line to get millions of dollars just cut out. Wow. Because they made that decision. I know people who their family members, like because they left another faith, their family members have wanted to kill them Mm -hmm. or there's even been a bounty out on their head. They risked their life to do it. They had to leave their home, their country. Um, because it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. So these, this is what it takes to follow Jesus. To truly do it means to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. Yeah. What Jesus said to that rich young ruler is what he says to all of us. Mm, yeah. Give up everything you have and come follow me. Yeah. We have to hold it all with open hands. So meaning we should always be like praying, God, do you want me to give up this thing? Do you want me to give this money away? Do you want me to move? Do you yeah. want me to go to the other side of the globe and be a missionary? Does, my kid now wants thinking about a missionary. Yeah. Can I hold them with open hands and not discourage them and say, oh, you need a career and you need to be safe here in this country? No, no, no. To support them and say everything is God's. Yeah. Everything in my life. Yeah. Whether um, it's people, whether it's finances, whether it's that sense of security that we have to acknowledge that if we're going to take up our cross, as Jesus says, that that comes with letting go of other stuff, letting right? Letting go of everything. And yet the promise is, is when we do that, Jesus says here clearly Mm -hmm. that we will receive back many times in this age and the one to come. It's not just eternal rewards, Mm -hmm. which those are going to be amazing, way better than anything we could imagine. 
It's going to be great. But he said in this life, we will be rewarded. So what are the rewards in this life, Sawyer? Well, I think coming off this passage, I think one of the big rewards, even if we lose our blood family or our house or our brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. that we are now in a family of believers, that we have brothers and sisters in Christ. And whether you are um, all alone out there in the world, like you now have people all over the world that claim the same name of Jesus. And those relationships are deep and yes. life-giving and a source of support and encouragement right. that even if you don't have yeah. your blood family, yeah. you now have a spiritual family that can get even deeper, I would say. Yeah, and sometimes in this country, we don't see it as much as we should. That's and, true. And I'm absolutely. sorry. If you have been hurt by the church or not been welcomed yeah. like you should have, I am so sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I love you and you're welcome in our church. Reach out to us. We want to help you <laughs> and encourage you if we can. We'd love to have you. Financially, we'd love to help you. Emotionally, whatever it is. But I've experienced this a lot when I've gone on mission trips. Mm, when I've yeah. been in other countries, just to be welcomed into people's homes, into their lives, they'll give you gifts. Like They're just so happy to see believers from the other side of the world. Like You can go to a church service, not understand any of the language, and be able to praise God with those people. Mm, and it is powerful. moving and powerful to do that. So I encourage everybody to go on a global <laughs> outreach mission, you know, a mission trip, our global outreach team. We have a couple going next summer. We're mm-hmm. looking at probably Mexico and Estonia again, maybe yep. another one as well. So yeah. please, please do that. Cause you will see like, Oh wow. Around the world, we have people that would take me in, mm-hmm. feed me, care for me, be my friend just because you claim the name of Christ. Yeah. I, I think another one is so many of us in our world today, whether you're young or old are looking for that sense of deep purpose yes. and life giving and just something to give your life to. And, and so many of us, me included, even as a follower of Jesus, we give our lives to things that ultimately let us down. Yeah. And I think knowing that we have a faith, we have a God that isn't going to let us down, that we have a purpose and a goal and an aim and a mission, like yeah. that connects deeply in our souls. And that's something that we get to experience. One of those things that we receive many times more, even in this age, and come to that culmination in the next. Is, is yeah, meaning and purpose. Yeah. I talked with one of our mus- musicians a couple weeks ago who had just started and was like, I've played music all my life, but yeah. this feels so much more important. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, you're right, it is. <laughs> it is, and it feels great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, purpose. Uh, anything else? That's all I had off the top of my head. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that there's a lot more. Yeah. I think that there's more happiness, true yeah. happiness in following Jesus. And, and that does mean we give up things and we gain back even more happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. That's why David Livingston, the great missionary, could say after spending a lifetime in the deepest re- recesses of Africa, back in a time where it was not civilized at all, yeah. that he could say at the end of his life, I never made a sacrifice. Mm. You're like, what? You sacrificed everything, <laughs> yeah, you dude. It all, yeah. He's like, no, I never made a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, because he realized he gained back so much more than what he ever gave yeah. to see lives transformed to um, just experience it. Like, we're going to do baptisms this Sunday. Man, it, I, it just fills me <laughs> with so much happiness to see lives transform that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. So, so there's a lot of stuff unlike that. And, and I do think it, it says home in here. Mm. It says home. And, and we think of home figuratively, but I think it means physically too. I think God will provide for you more than you give up. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the one time in all of scriptures God tells us to test him. Because, in fact, we're commanded, do not test the Lord your God. Do not put him yeah. to the test. The one time we're actually told we should test God is when we tithe. Mm-hmm. That's what it says in Malachi. Mm-hmm. Test me in this. You know, bring your whole tithe into the house of God. 
So that there is something about financially that God will provide for us. Now, I am not saying this <laughs> as a prosperity theology. We yep. had a message on this, too. Yeah. Maybe we should link to that. We'll link it down below, too. I got, <laughs> I got a long list going down Another, there. Now. You know, prosperity theology versus poverty theology. You know, a lot of Christians, because they're like, I don't want to be a prosperity theology, become po- poverty theology and think following Jesus means you have no creature comforts, no home, no money, no nothing. But yet... Our God is is the one who richly provides for us all things mm-hmm. above and beyond abundantly what we need. Yeah. So, I'm not saying that this is an investment strategy. Okay? <laughs> and, and sadly, some prosperity theology people they love this passage mm-hmm. because get get this. Luke is actually the tamest of the accounts of this passage. True. Both in Matthew and Mark it says it. I want you to look if you have your Bible in Matthew 19 when this section comes up. Um, actually, I want to, in uh, John, I'm sorry, Mark 10 is one of the other times. Jesus doesn't say many times more. He says 100 times as much. Mm-hmm. So some sadly, like some prosperity theology people are like, who wants just 5% or 7% in the stock market? You can get 100 times your investment. Give $100 now to, you know, buy me a new Boeing uh, private jet. Okay. <laughs> That's not what it means. No. It's not like a financial investment, dollar for dollar, a hundredfold. Okay, mm-hmm. but it is saying it's a hundred times better. Jesus says that right. than what you give up. What if you give a hundred dollars? It doesn't mean you're going to get a hundred thousand dollars, but it's going to be valued at a hundred thousand dollars in your life compared to the one hundred dollars you give up. Right. Okay. But it's even beyond that in Matthew. In Matthew 19, Jesus says, on top of all those things, he says, in the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man, Jesus, sits on the glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. Mm. We are told that we will reign in heaven, not just the 12 disciples, though they will have a very prominent (laughs) role in heaven, but all of us will reign with him. That's what it tells us in the scriptures. We will reign with Jesus Christ in heaven. We will shine like the stars so there's an element, too, of like, wow, like this eternal authority reigning with Jesus will be given to us. We will yeah. be kings and queens in heaven. So, uh, like, the reward that is promised for following Jesus is a hundred times, many times more than what we give up in this life. So I, I have to just take Jesus at his word here. I've experienced <laughs> some of it, and yeah. I hope that you experience more. You you look at the lives of some of these saints when you read, you know, the biographies mm-hmm. of great Christians. Like none of them are like, man, I gave up so much, and my life is just awful and miserable. Yeah, absolutely. They all come out and say, "I wish I could just do more," like because I've experienced that joy and happiness and purpose and right. Yeah, like and so and and that's what Jesus is telling us. Mm-hmm. So I hope this gives you a better understanding that it is worth holding everything with open hands. Being proactively generous. It's mm-hmm. not just like, God, if you want me to, I'll give $100 a month. <laughs> but proactively saying, I'm going to do these things. That's what we talked about on Sunday. Yeah. Being generous with our time, talents, and treasures. And when we do that, God will repay us. Mm-hmm. It is more blessed, Jesus said, to give than to receive. Amen. A hundred times more. <laughs> so if you experience that, if you have a story yeah. of... Of, of giving up something or God revealing something in your life, God providing miraculously in your life, we would love to hear about it. We would, yeah. Because those stories are encouraging, not only encouraging to you, but I think it's as part of our testimony to just show people what God is doing in our lives. We'd love to hear from you. For sure. Yeah. Okay, we love you guys, and we'll be back with you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sawyer Trapp again, Associate Pastor here at Arise Church Denver. 
we want to encourage you to do three things. First is to subscribe, to make sure you're getting the podcast each and every week to help bring God into your 10,000. We'd also love it if you would share this, if you would make this not only a part of your life, but a part of somebody else's. And then finally, if you are benefited by anything that we do, either as a church or on this podcast, we would love it if you would give. You can do that at risedenver.com give to continue to support the mission and impact that we're having on this community and then the lives of the people of our church and those discovering us for the first time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.